It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, February 8th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is wondering if there's more than meets the eye to that letter from John Tortorella than we might have thought. Uh, there's always more than meets the eye, yeah. We're going to get into that, plus answer your mailbag questions all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so subscribe there as well. Russ, I think that, you know, we did talk about the letter from Torts on yesterday's show a little bit, but I think there's a lot more to dig into here because we learned yesterday as well that they sent an offer out to season ticket holders that basically if they renewed for next season, they would get credit back toward that next season's uh, ticket purchase for all the April games. So it's like three home games that they'll basically get a credit for um, toward that next year's season tickets. And it seems to me that if you put that letter plus this offer and who knows what else is to come, that there's a kind of a turn and a new coordinated effort with the team to try and get current season ticket holders at the very least to renew. And uh, I think, you know, it's hard to tell whether they've, they're changing their tune or not here. Well, I mean, they don't want them to leave. Nobody does. It's the core part of your business. So, like, I get that. Uh, I think I think all along they've been trying to keep season ticket holders. They've had a lot of um, fan engagement nights and a lot of giveaways. Uh, a lot of times when teams are bad, giveaways go up, right? So, you know, I think they've done their fair share of right. that. I don't think there's great coordination between the front office and the coach for whatever reason. I don't know whose fault that is, but it just seems to still be there. Uh, you know, looking at the letter further, I don't think the coach lied at all, but he knows the whole locker room is not fully on board with, with his plan. Uh, you could just see it in last night's game that the whole team's not engaged in his plan. And so, and that's not all his fault. Like some guy, you know, there's going to have to be some changes, right. but again, they're basically doing this because they know their product is going to be weak next year. They know that that is their admission that, Hey, we're no, we're not going to be great next year. So we're giving you these um, enticements because if they knew they were going to be good next year, the tickets would go up. But right now they're at a point where they're like, all right, look, this is the deal we'll make with you to come back because we're not that good a team right now, and who knows what we're going to be next year. Yeah, you, you brought up an interesting point there that there is this disconnect with the coach and management, but which side of management are we talking about? Well, the GM about? part because of the office, to, that part of the office. 
Right, because it feels like that this is a business side of the office move to have towards do that, that it's it's a decision being made by marketing and, you know, Valerie's side mm -hmm. of the business, right? And it's not a Chuck Fletcher GM side of the business. You know, who knows what his But he's in charge of all of it still, like in, in, at the end of the day. Well, but that's the question, is that we don't know what's going on in, in the background here. And so is this messaging that would have come from the GM, but they think fans don't trust Chuck Fletcher, so they made it from Torts? Or is it really the business messaging and it's a communication directly with Torts? And the business side is like, we're going to do what we're going to do to try and sell tickets. And and because hockey ops is a whole separate thing right. from business. Well, operations. this is like Torts' second letter, right? So I think they wanted to be consistent with that. Um, I do think the fans would rather hear from Torts, and I think they know that. <clears throat> so I think that's another issue. But in the end, you know, Chuck Fletcher is in charge of all of it. Yes, there's other people involved in decisions, but he is the ultimate decision maker right now. And so I think, you know, as far as the business side, I don't think John Tortorella cares that much about the business side. Not to say he wants the business to be bad, just that that's not his interest. So I don't think he would do this just for the business side. I think he legitimately wanted to do it because he started it and he wanted to at least give the fans an update. And then I think the business office looked at that and said, okay, like based on what he is saying, he's not painting a rosy picture here for us next year. So now let's spring into action and give yep. more value adds. That's the, you know, for me, that's the buzzword that I would use here is they're adding value to what's already a, you know, mediocre product. And because fans are, you know, it's their heart and soul and, and they love it, they may take that offer. Right. I just wonder if they're going to make any decisions at a higher level based on the reaction to what they're doing here, you know, from a sales perspective and a marketing perspective. Like, will they not spend to the cap because they're not pulling in X amount of season no, ticket I'm holders? Saying yeah, are they going to see that the response to this is like, well, we would love to come back, but we, you know, as much as we believe what Tort's saying, we don't think that Chuck Fletcher is the guy that can get us there from a GM perspective. And, you know, until a change is made there, I, I'm not going to renew my season tickets. And are they going to use reaction to this, good or bad? I'm not saying it's going to be a generally good reaction or bad reaction, but looking at the set of things they're doing right now, are they going to have any of the feedback they're getting from season ticket holders affect if they decide to keep Chuck Fletcher? I mean, not? Dave Scott will certainly see that. Will he react? I really don't know. Yeah, it's that's to me the difficult position we're in as yeah. fans right now. You know, if you're looking at the fan perspective and the season ticket holder perspective, it's hard to know what to do because it's hard to know what level of seriousness it, they're going to take in this, you know, the trade deadline to the draft to free agency this summer. Those three things. Yeah, see, I don't know if seriousness is the word. I think they're always serious about what they're doing. I just think their level of commitment to whether it's a rebuild or retool is the way to phrase it. Yeah. Right. It's just what's, what is it? Are they going to be cl clear about the strategy now? I don't think so. And I don't think so either. And I don't think that Dave Scott is the guy that can do that right now either, that he has not shown, at least in the past, that he has an understanding of what that kind of messaging 
entails. And that's what worries me. You know, if I'm yeah, meaning the blank check, the blank check comment kind of shows amongst that, many yes, things. Yes. Right. Right. And in terms of his, you know, outward dedication to Chuck Fletcher, that he's his, his guy and he right. trusts him, right. but can't really talk to why specifically because he's quote unquote, not a hockey guy. Right. So I think that, you know, there's mixed messaging being sent here and it's very hard to tell, you know, what the fan base can expect moving forward. I think that's the big question mark that this letter kicks off, this rebate kicks off uh, in terms of that. And I'm just wondering, you know, what can the Flyers do to have the fan base take them seriously that they're on a path heading somewhere good? I think if they actually had the same messaging and you heard in the same press conference, John Tortorella and Chuck Fletcher and Dave Scott say the exact same thing, that would help. We have yet to see that. I don't know if we will see that. Yeah, I think that is the $64,000 question for this yes. team. And, and you know, we can talk about moves they should make and can make all we want, but is is the will to do any of it there? And, and I still don't know the answer to that question based on anything we have heard. I mean, look, end of the day, fan reaction as far as spending money always matters. Now, what you have to take into account is this company has a lot of finances. So it's going to take a lot to really erode this business to the point where they really start reacting to it. And I'm not sure even another off season of not as many season ticket holders is going to do that. That's just a reality. Right. If it was, you know, like 10 years ago and yeah, I think it would be a different story based on who the owner was, how they did business and everything else. But now that it's sort of corporate, you know, corporations are kind of made to kind of um, basically get past the losses, you know, to get through those tough times. And so that's an easy pitch, unfortunately. Yeah, I just think ultimately it, it's going to take, you know, at least a few moves that are kind of in alignment with what the greater good is for this team before we'll believe it. Yeah. You're going to have to have some brave moves. Like yeah. you may love what, like we said, you may love Travis connecting. You love everything he's doing. He's having a career. You may still have to trade him. Like there's going to have to be a step up move or two like that yeah. to kind of get things rolling the right way. And then you have to hope that they make the right decision after that. But you know, I, there's always this fear, like, don't do that. You know, like, as a fan, you don't do that because you don't want to get worse or don't do that because I don't know if you'll ever get better or don't do that because I don't like what you drafted the last five years. You know, there's always something like that and a fallback like that. And I don't feel like the fans are even all on the same page as to what they want. Yeah, that is also true. But uh, that leaves us with a lot of questions. And you've got a lot of questions out there as well. We will be answering them in our mailbag coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at the Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, it's even better. There's so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel so now you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Uh, I'll tell you, I looked at the odds, Rachel, and plus 900 for a tight end winning the uh, Super Bowl MVP trophy isn't bad. I mean, you got Travis Kelsey and you got Dallas Goddard. They don't win it often, but these are two of the best tight ends in the last 10 years. Just saying. Always a possibility. The FanDuel Sportsbook Act is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today and at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. All right, Russ, digging into some mailbag questions. Uh, Scott Taylor has an interesting idea. Owen Tippett should be tried at center. He has all the tools to be successful. If you can look at Cutter Gautier being a center, then you can try Tippett. I am sure Russ will disagree, but it is obvious to me. Uh, What do you got to say to Scott? I mean, I really should agree with Scott, but I'm not going to. Uh, The reason I'm not going to is you never see Owen Tippett attack the middle of the ice. You never see him control the middle of the ice. And you have to play a lot more defense center and I don't feel like he's there yet for that I get you like some of his playmaking aspect and and you like uh some of the physicality and and certainly the shooting but the other parts have to be taken into account too yeah I think that you're spot on there in terms of you know what his initial role is on the offensive rush right he always takes it fast and 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 wide right and that's his natural instinct and if he can get into a better shooting position after he's already dished it off to the trailing center uh you know then maybe he gets the puck back and takes a shot at that point but i don't think he's the guy that you can at least at this point right uh, as well that he's the guy that you can dish the puck off to uh, you know coming up the middle who can then make that split second decision what to do i just don't think his decision making is is quite there yet you know check back with us work. we might yeah. change our mind in a year yeah i don't think it's out of the question in the future but as he is now russ i think you're right about that that i wouldn't do it right at this moment uh next question uh, our good friend over at Locked on Sharks, JD, wanted to know what would make the rest of this Flyers season a success? I mean, this is a really long and complicated thing. I'll just go through some fine points. Uh, being one of the worst 11 teams, uh, having Lehigh do well enough to make the playoffs and have at least three of their top prospects really develop fully down there this season, having a fourth line, not just of all uh, grinders at the NHL level, uh, letting in at least one defenseman before the end of the year, play till the end of the year with the Flyers, and maybe you know move around some positions within the Flyers to see what they might be able to do for next year with the players they have. Do all that, and at least that's more successful than last year. I don't think this year was going to be perfect by any stretch. They could have set this year up much better before they hired Torts, they didn't. So that's where we are. Yeah, I think all of those are good. I would add have a successful trade deadline to that list, um, which is a a good way to lead into the next question is how much cap space do you think they realistically need to clear to go into the off season with enough flexibility to take a good step forward? Well, they have one, two, 
three UFAs, one RFA. Obviously, Cam York, they'll bring back. Uh, who knows? Right. I, don't, I don't know if they're going to sign him back to a long term. They might give him a bridge deal. So, you know, it's it's and four other RFAs, sorry, uh, Bellows, Cates, McEwen, Frost. So right now they're at uh, about 74 for next year and the cap will be 83. So, you know, you're talking about nine million bucks for a backup goalie. I guess they will have to sign one of those guys. Yeah, they're going to have to give one of them some money. Um, JVR spot and probably a center spot and one defenseman. So what is that? That's about four. You know, because Braun will be gone. Somebody will come up. Right. You'll probably want one other defenseman rolling in. So I would say four for about, let's say they get $10 million free in space. So... It depends how you want to spend that, but you really can't get a star for that money. I mean, you might get one good player at $4 million and the rest you're kind of doing entry level. If you want to do that, maybe it helps your defense if you get someone like Avrikov, but I don't even know if you can get them to come for four. You probably can't. So they're probably getting mid-level players to fill these spots. They're not going to go older because then it goes against their messaging. So now you're looking for cheaper younger players you know maybe they pick up in trades and they pick up some term but it's not fantastic right now yeah and they also have to account for uh travis sandheim's raise yes because his new well it is in there it's in there from what i yeah that's calculated yeah so i think that yeah they really in addition to jvr's salary being gone um, they they really need to, I would say, have a solid ten to fourteen million in order to to do what they need to do. Yeah, and so they need to do a little bit more to get that cap space because right now it's at like yep. eight point eight 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 whatever. I think that it's going to be a lot of work, and that's like part of what we're talking about. You know, can Chuck Fletcher do it? I don't know. Right. I honestly don't know uh, if he can do it and do it effectively uh, without, I think, making a, a risky move that he is not generally a risky kind of guy. But we shall see what happens with that. Uh, who do you think is the core leadership of this team heading into next season? I mean, I really can't say because I think Atkinson, Couturier, Connecty would all be a part of it, Lawton, but one or two or three of them may never hit the ice or may not be here. It's impossible to say right now. Yeah, I mean, I would think Scott Lawton would be a part of it. I don't see him going anywhere. Uh, so barring unforeseen circumstances, knock on a thousand pieces of wood, uh, I think that he will be a part okay. of it. So you but, got one. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the problem. Um, I think you're right. The Konechny will if he's if he's still around. Uh, I just I, I just don't know beyond that. It's a really tough question right now because you would think that Ivan Provorov would be, but he's just not leadership guy no. in the locker room any no. anymore. Even though he had an A for yeah. a while, I just I, I don't think that that's you know something that'll come back when more letters get assigned or any letters. Or any letters. That is true. I think they'll have a captain next year. That is my bold prediction. Good prediction. That they will have that they will have a, they a will. captain next year. They'll want to mark right. that, trust me. Yes, they will. Uh 
Uh, we've got some more of your listener questions coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. My goal is to eat a little healthier this year, and I don't want to compromise taste. So the thing for me is Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate and they come in unbelievable, delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. What's even better is that they are healthy. They've only got 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you don't need to wait around to get a box in the mail. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. You can walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie, batter, and churro. You can thank me later. Okay, Russ, we've got some more really good questions. Uh, First one. Is there anything that the Flyers can learn from the Phantoms this year or vice versa? I think the Phantoms can learn from the Flyers. Like, you know, um, I think LaPerrier can learn from Tortorella a few things. Um, Penalty kill would be one of them. Just saying. Um, And also just, you know, getting guys to fully buy in. I I think, again, Lehigh, while I'm not there, and I hit just one or two games a year. I watch a lot of film, but I'm not always there. Um, I talk to people. I would say the buy-in rate there is probably good, but not great too. But I think it's good. It's not anything to worry about. So I, I just think there's things that coaches could learn from each other. Yeah, I think the penalty kill situation in Lehigh Valley leaves a lot to be desired. And I, I would hope that you know, Brad Shaw would offer his wisdom to the coaching staff down in Lehigh Valley. I think that while, you know, the personnel are different, I think they're as good as any guys to try and get them to work a system and then you can bring them up more effectively. And I would say, especially to the defensemen um, who we spent some significant time talking about on yesterday's show. Um, And I think that, you know, having them have more skills and making them more marketable to the flyers for potential call-ups like that, that is only going to help them. Um, I think that one of the things that the fan or that the flyers can learn from the phantoms is just to have a little more fun. Mm -hmm. I I feel like, I mean, I understand the NHL is a different league and so it's marketed differently and the atmosphere is different, but I just feel like the phantoms have more fun than the flyers do and their personalities come out a little bit more. And so I think that if we could see more of that, on the flyer side and like more behind the scenes with players. I think that would make a huge difference. Get fans attached to the players. I like it. All right. Next question. What's one big change you'd make to the NHL all-star game after that disaster in Florida? Well, I wouldn't say disaster, but you know, it's a toss up. I'm going to give you two changes. Um, 
because one of the things we didn't talk about, and I have to give Dennis Bernstein credit from the fourth period. Um, so I would have the golf, the the hockey players play golf if you're gonna, but you're not gonna do it in Toronto. But I'm just saying, I would actually have them play golf, not have them play hockey on a golf course. That's one thing. And the other thing is, so instead of the All Star Game, just have a golf tournament. No, no, no. I mean, I, I thought I could talk about skills too. Is it only All Star Game? Should I keep it just to that? If it's no, whatever you want for right. the weekend. Yeah. So there's that, and then the other thing, like the All Star Game's not not changing the actual game. They're not changing it. So that's why I'm not saying anything about that. But then the other part of this is, so I don't know if you realize, Rachel, when they did the pre-taped package for like the golfing and the uh, dunk tanks, uh, people in the actual arena had to watch that on the Jumbotron, and they didn't have the biggest Jumbotron in Florida, not anything like we have in Philly. And so people got bored. They left their seats. They went to the bar. Yeah, it's not the best way to have, you know, an all-star game festivity. So I think if you're going to – I don't think you should pre-tape in Toronto. I think everything should be live. And I think they should just get back to the core hockey stuff and try and show off actual talents of the players. But if you want to have a couple goofy things, I'm fine. But, like, the NFL had water balloon fights. Like, come on. Don't do that. Yeah. Uh, I think for me – if there's a big change, I would have it at a neutral site and get fans who maybe don't have a team in their market, um, have them have the ability to see a big event like this. And they've done it a couple of times with outdoor games, having it at a neutral site. And I think that's been a lot of fun. Well, that's my big so, pitch. They should do an all-star game outdoors. I believe the buy-in would be so much better by the fans and the players. Because there's a lot well, of players. Well, I'm not necessarily saying outdoors, I know, though. I'm, I'm just saying, saying at a neutral no, site. No, I'm saying it, though, because okay. there's a lot of players that still haven't played outdoor games that would love to. And if they would they if they if had not played an outdoor game, they would not skip an all-star game outdoors. I would like to see that, but I've been trying to get that going for 10 years. All right. Uh, this is a good question about the playoffs. Of the Isles, Pens, and Caps, who makes the playoffs? Pens and Caps. I think so too. I just don't think the Isles are going to get there. I think no. I mean, they're closer. They're they're good. I just yeah. think they're going to not have it at the end. Yeah, and that's like traditionally when the Pens and Caps get it together. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. All right. Last question: Will the Flyers showcase any players before the trade deadline? It's a good question because I thought I made a joke, but the joke was, why aren't they showcasing Justin Braun for yesterday? But they could. Like they could have, there was a lot of scouts in attendance, but I don't know if John Tortorella is really going to play along with that. And so I think there's going to be an inordinate amount of scouts until the trading deadline for the Flyers, simply because I don't think the Flyers are going to kind of like showcase players for teams. But if I had anything to do with the team, I would. Yeah, I, I think that's the big question here is, is John Tortorella going to allow them to do it and play the guys that they need to potentially showcase for, play him in certain roles like it's not just playing yeah. him too it's also playing him in certain roles yeah I, th I think so too well i guess we'll find out over the next couple of weeks uh, what torts is going to do in terms of lineup decisions and mm -hmm. they've got some tough opponents including the oilers 
coming up on Thursday. So that is partially what we will be doing on tomorrow's show. We're going to preview that matchup and we're going to do a player profile on Zade Wisdom, who has had a real struggle uh, on his development path this season. He's on the struggle bus for sure. Yeah, we're going to dig into that and see what we can do to get him back on the right road to potentially making the Flyers someday. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you want your question answered on our mailbag segments, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a fantastic day, everyone.